0: So let's start today's episode off with a little fun fact. Did you know that back in the 60s and 70s, Kodak film was all the rage? Beautiful, warm tones that just looked beautiful on light skin. However, furniture makers that were making brown couches, brown tables, brown end tables were noticing that the Kodak film was not rendering the same as it looked in person. So, it took Fuji film with the beautiful transparent blues and cooler undertones that really made the furniture pop and shine. Hence, becoming a quick favorite for photographers that were photographing African American and Black clients. So, you guys can say all you want about me. You know, I'm a film photographer, and that Fuji 400 is the jam i really couldn't think of a better reason than that all right guys so today on episode two of talk diaries we are going to be talking about the importance of blacks in the photography community and we are going to get a chance to interview dr tamaya colvin the founder of the photo cookout one part photography conference and one part family cookout Thank you so much for joining Talk Diaries episode two. And it's just going to be a doozy today because we're going to be talking about a hot button topic, which is race. And this is a topic that either a lot of people will just dive headfirst in or they're going to run for the hills. They don't want anything to do with it. They just want to bury their heads in the sand. And trust me, I understand this is a hard topic to cover. But we will not steer away from or shy away from topics on this show that are going to make you not grow. We need to grow as a community of photographers and as just a race of people. So I want to rewind back to when I was a kid and I was always looking for someone that looked like me in my history books, on television, on sporting events. And I loved things like diving, gymnastics, ice skating, as well as track and field. But when I looked at the TV and I watched on NBC all the Olympic trials and, you know, world championships, I didn't see people who looked like me in sports like gymnastics. And then came Betty Aquino, all five foot five of her. She was a mixed girl. Her mother was white and her dad was African. And I remember them talking about Betty or an alien, but they just hadn't seen anyone like her before. And I remember seeing her scores come up and even the commentators saying something's not right here. They're not scoring her like the other girls. And this girl clearly is extremely talented. I remember watching Syria Bonali from France do a backflip on the ice in a Olympic Competition, and I remember the judges like their mouths must have hit the floor. How many athletes do you see that come out looking like Syria Bonali with beautiful, beautiful dark skin and just an athletic build that probably ice skating probably may never see again? And this girl comes out and does a backflip on the ice. Let me tell you, they did not score her very well, and as a matter of fact, they called that move illegal because no one else could do it. And her credit was never given to her. And you know what she said? I don't care what y'all say. I'm going to keep doing my backflips. No one else can do it like me or do it at all. And she was willing to take the knocks to be a innovator and, and bust down stereotypes in that sport and since then you've seen other African American and black, you know, figure skaters come out of that. Same thing with gymnastics. You see Dominique Dawes. I remember watching Dominique for the first time and being completely enamored. Then you got, you know, Gabby Douglas and now Simone Biles. Somebody had to pave the way. Somebody had to have those ugly conversations and in athletic terms take those low scores, take those knocks to say we're here and we're not going away. And so I am so excited, you guys, to be interviewing Dr. Tamiya Colvin today on the show. She is a photographer in her own right, hailing out of Houston, Texas. And she is a best-selling author and educator, and she's a nationally published and award-winning senior photographer. Um, Dr. Colvin is the brain child behind the photo cookout. And I have told you guys a lot about the photo cookout. If you follow my Instagram and you follow my Facebook, you know that I was a speaker this year at the photo cookout. And I've also been an educator on Dr. Tamaya's platform, her education platform. She has previously taught at WPPI, Imaging USA, United, The Focus Tour, and a host of other education platforms. I'm super excited because this year I know she's going to be at Hustle and Hills. And just the list goes on and on, you guys. But she has been an advocate for this community. And she's been an advocate for wanting African-American speakers and educators on some of these larger platforms. And a lot of them have embraced her and said, we got you. We see what you're trying to do and we completely support it. And she gave me a chance to speak on her education platform when no one even knew Thai Pentecost photography. No one had any idea who I was. And she stopped and said, hey, girl, I want you to come on here and teach a class. And I remember thinking, uh, you must have the wrong tie, (laughs) although there's not a whole lot of Tyrendas around. So you guys, without further ado, I wanted to play with you a recent interview I had with Dr. Tamaya, where she talks about the importance of Blacks in the photography community, why this is so important to her, and the photo cookout plans for this year and some of the scoop from last year all right guys get ready for some tea so we are so excited to have Dr. Tamaya Colvin today on the podcast she's going to be talking about her amazing photography conference and we're going to get a chance to learn a little bit more about her welcome Tamaya. how are you doing welcome
1: I am doing well thank you for having me here
0: so, I was just looking at your pictures online. You have a new dog, and I see he's got some Halloween costumes going on. How did that go today?
1: Um, well, it went kind of interesting um, because he doesn't like what Grace got him today for his Halloween <laughs> costume.
0: What is he supposed to be?
1: Grace, what is he supposed to be today?
0: He's supposed to be the devil. Oh, goodness. <laughs>
1: yes, that's why he probably didn't like his outfit.
0: <laughs> that's awesome all right so tell us a little bit about yourself tell me how you got started in photography so I actually
1: got started in photography uh, actually doing scrapbooks believe it or not um, and realized that um, most of my friends did not have photos of themselves to put in the scrapbooks hmm and so because they didn't have the photos then I essentially could not sell them scrapbooks. So, um, I started taking pictures as a way to help them kind of celebrate life and commemorate, um, you know, their childhood and their kids' childhood. Um, that's where we started at.
0: Right. That's awesome. So always thinking about somebody else, which is exactly the way that like most people (laughs) know you is someone who is extremely selfless. So, that's fantastic. And how long have you been doing photography?
1: Um, I thought it was like five years, but come to turn it out, it's like eight.
0: Eight years. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about like different things that you photographed and what is your favorite thing to photograph?
1: so my my favorite thing would have to be obviously the high school seniors that i um, that I photographed um because they they bring a certain level of joy that you know in life that the I guess not that adults don't have
0: mm-hmm. but, but
1: they're still innocent and they still haven't they haven't experienced everything just yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love seniors as well. Definitely have like that fresh breath of air still going on and Right. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So tell us, I know you are a mother of two. You have an extra family member. What is the <laughs> name, by the way?
1: Uh, The dog's name is Jay.
0: Jay. Okay. So <laughs> household of five, tell, uh, or four, <laughs> tell us about, you are adding new family members, by the way.
1: <laughs> I'm like, no, we're not. No.
0: <laughs> tell us like what a typical morning looks like in your
1: household, getting ready for the day. Oh my God. So what does a typical morning look like? So in the morning, uh, typically Grace wakes up um, before everybody else. And then when she's ready, she wakes me up. Um, And then all three of us, me, her and the dog, get in the car to drop her off at school. Um, And then we come back and get Ivory because Ivory is the one that likes to sleep in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, the dog and I go drop them off drop him off, and then we just kind of get the workday started.
0: So, like, what is a typical, like, hours of work for you? Obviously, you're not 9 to 5. No, 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 no.
1: Uh, Typically, it is probably around 10 to Mm -hmm. 12-ish, and then probably from about 2 to 4-ish and then back again like between now until like whenever <laughs> mm-hmm. until like nine, ten ish or so
0: yeah um she's being conservative you guys i have gotten text messages from her and seen her go live <laughs> you know nine, ten o'clock my time and i'm on the pacific standard time zone and she is central so um, I know you're up working and hustling and grinding really late hours. And that's something that as a listener, when you are dealing with an entrepreneur or somebody who is self-employed, we're not working nine to five. Sometimes we're up at 10am no. and, you know, we're doing things until midnight or one o'clock in the morning when our kids are asleep. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I will say that the last few days, um, have been probably very long, um, uh, mm-hmm. I think like the last few nights, have been, not last night, but the night before it was pretty long um, because we are getting ready to launch uh, the graphics for the cookout. So that's, you know, that's taking a little bit of time and I'm um, balancing school. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, about that. So what motivated you to want to start an education platform? I mean, it's obviously a very competitive um, area now, but, you've really set yourself apart. So help us understand what motivated you and what you've done to set yourself apart in that industry.
1: So the motivation came from that I, by life, um, am a teacher, like that's my heart. Um, And so just doing photography, I was really feeling like I wasn't, not necessarily living up to my potential, but there was a part of me that was still missing. Um, and that part was the the education piece because I've always been a teacher um okay. for at least the last i don't know grace maybe like thirteen years or so um, and so that that had always been my passion in my heart and I don't think I really did anything to like really set it apart, um but I just came at it from a true not from like I'm trying to sell you something, but more from an authentic place of education and curriculum um, more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I definitely can say, even just from myself as a consumer, um, you know, being a part of that platform, I've never, ever felt like it was something that was like a a catfishing almost, like, I'm going to give you a little bit, and then you sign up for this, and then you're going to get it all. It's always been all or nothing with you, and I think that's definitely what has set yourself apart from the other folks that are in the industry, is you've just been extremely transparent. And the platform is transparent. This is what it is. This is what it costs. This is what you get. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we we really appreciate that. But, so you recently added a new title. Um, you went from Tamiya Colman <laughs> <Kolek laughs> to Dr. Tamiya. Um, what did you receive your doctorate in? And can you tell the listeners how you've been yeah. using it in the photography community? So
1: um, I successfully successfully defended my dissertation on August the 27th and from that um i've been using the research from the study because my study was on black women photographers and their success Mm -hmm. and so basically from there i've been able to create a framework of success or for success for photographers uh based on the research from my study like things that i know like that are research-based um, you know, articles and things like that and people's experiences and just really develop like the, um, the mastermind program and just a framework there so that people can really truly understand, um, and grow their business from an education standpoint. So, and on top of education, there's something that's been researched. So it's research-based.
0: hmm hmm Awesome. So... Leading into that, tell us about the cookout. What is it?
1: <laughs> so um, the cookout is my brain towel. Um, and I think this past year, people were able to see um, a little bit of difference, hopefully, because it was on the inside of me, I was putting um, things in place based on research that I had gathered um, about things that people needed, the support that adults need, and then specifically support that Black women need. Mm-hmm. And so that was super important. so the cookout is my photography conference that um, is is kind of like my little baby at this point. I spend a lot of time with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, making sure things are okay. Um, but you know, for me it's it's about giving black photographers a voice and making sure that we're not invisible in a once invisible uh, photography industry.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously putting on something this big is almost impossible without support. So tell us about some of the sponsors from the 2019 cookout. And if you could share anyone that's coming back or any new sponsors for 2020.
1: Oh, you want me to tell all the tea? Okay. All the tea. So, all the tea, it depends on when it's gonna go live. Um, so uh, Sony is uh, Sony was the, the title sponsor for the 2019 uh, cookout, which was amazing to have their support. Um, and we, let me. I have a little paper in front of me actually, cause I've been working on it. Um, some of our favorites, some of our favorite speakers are obviously coming back and there are some new ones that we're adding on um and one of the things that i'm really 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 happy about is that um something that new that we're adding um our seven minute fuels and what those are are opportunities to give speakers like brand new speakers that have never spoke before mm-hmm. um a chance to get some experience because everybody has to have like their their start
0: yeah right? and so yeah.
1: it's is the chance to give them their start.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I what, mean, were we have... the, what were some the of the speakers? fun, no, tell me some of the fun giveaways that some of the sponsors gave this time around.
1: Oh man, so it's so many things. <laughs> um, and so we had like um, Photo Mechanic coupons that we were able to do. Um, and Photo Mechanic obviously helps us co. Um, we had some amazing uh, photography lab sponsors like uh, Miller's and White House Custom Color. And people were able to, even Zeno, uh, really be able to walk away um, and get products for their business. And to me, that was super important because now people move from, not that it's not okay just to give digital files, mm-hmm. but it's, it's so much better when you can put something tangible in someone's hand. Uh, that they're going to use for years to come.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I hate to start listing off the names of the sponsors from 2019, but just being able to walk through the hallways and see uh-huh. all the support. We had Miller's, we had White House, we had Fundy, there was Mastin, and they all had something yeah. to offer. The yeah, Canadian, show it, yeah. You know, show mm-hmm. it, and, you know, um, who's the other gallery company? um
1: um and pick spotter was there as well
0: yes yes and it, it just yeah. it was just such an amazing support and being able to look at some vendors and that maybe I, we had never even considered before um getting mm-hmm. a chance to touch and feel the different albums and the prints and all that good stuff because a lot of times when you're ordering these things you're kind of like taking a stab in the dark you just right um, you don't know right so that was that was awesome so 2020 cookout it's in tennessee can you tell us yep, any, Canada, anything here, about, yeah tell us about the speakers tell us about some of the classes <laughs> give us a little bit of tea for 2020 oh
1: you want some tea so um well obviously we have some some of our favorites uh we have kanaya we have joshua we have kesha um we have rakita we have kaya marie and we have michelle and we have you see there uh-huh. um <laughs> yeah, and then we've added some new people, too. Um, so we've added uh, Dallas Logan, uh, Joanne. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bringing back Creative Soul. We're excited to have them. Um, we're bringing uh, Darrell T- um, not Darrell Todd, but yeah, Darrell Todd <laughs> mm-hmm. um, from D.C., who is such an amazing anchor in our community. Um, we have Chip, of course, with his loving self. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smitha Lee, Ashley, Kane is joining us. So we have we have some amazing people and Tim Riddick is coming back as well.
0: My roommate is going to be there, Octovia, Octavia. She's so excited. Octavia, yes, yes. She's speaking too. Yeah. I'm like super excited about that. But are you able to share anything about, I know that you added some mentorship. So let's uh-huh. talk about that.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I felt like people really needed a chance to do was to, to really be able to dive deep, right? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we go to conferences and we get these like overall big picture things, but we sometimes walk away not implementing much, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you walk away and your pricing still isn't done or um, your website still isn't what it should be right? Yes. yep. And so for me, I wanted to just kind of take it, uh, just dive deeper um, and allow attendees to kind of go. And this is so curriculum ish, but um, just to be able to take it from a high, from a low level, like basic learning, but to take that learning a little bit higher in depth mm-hmm. um, versus it being so surface level. Because I feel like a lot of people just give surface level. Um, yes. but I, there are some times where I need to be able to actually, I need to sit down and talk to you in a small group for six, eight with six, eight people and mm-hmm. really ask you the questions that I may not ask publicly, um, and mm-hmm. really get like your feedback on my website or on my brand or my pricing and my price sheet, you know, and I just wanted to be able to add it on to give attendees a moment to do that. Cause I don't think sometimes you don't get a chance to do that.
0: I mean, that's huge. I've been to I've spent so much money investing in education, but because I didn't have that accountability staring me in the face, you pay for it, you you listen to it, you know what they're saying is true, but then there's no accountability. There's no let me see your website. Well, let's do the pricing right now. So I think that's gonna be extremely impactful for the participants and for the mentors because it kind of helps us to refresh as well on things that we've been saying and saying and saying, but now we get to actually take it and plug it in for people. So that, that's going to be pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah.
1: So, so, yeah, I really, I wanted that higher level, not just something, mm-hmm. you know, just these surface level situations.
0: Right. I love it. So it's no secret that you have the heart for the black community. You've encouraged numerous photographers to apply for speaking and education opportunities. Tell me why this is so important to you.
1: Um. For me, it's, it's about opportunity, right? Um, and so when I looked at the dissertation research, but way before that I could feel it, but I didn't have like tangible concrete evidence that this is something that people really feel right. Like Mm -hmm. I know I have felt invisible. Um, but I didn't have, I didn't have that. Like, I didn't know if it was just me. I didn't know if it was like across the industry. I didn't know if other people were feeling the same way. Um, and so, you know, with that, I was like, okay, I know I'm feeling a certain way. Then to take it that next level, uh, next step with the dissertation, it was so good because now I, I is, it wasn't something that I'm just feeling. It was something that a lot of people were feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So leading into that, if you're a non-black business owner, and maybe you don't have that diversity in your company. How does someone go about including diversity in their, in their company without coming off like creepy or I'm just trying to meet a quota? Um, I just want to look cool. How do they come across without looking that way?
1: Yeah, where or, or they don't look like they're tokenizing. Right. Uh, yeah, and so uh, Nova um, and... Monique mm-hmm. um, have some amazing courses on diversity and inclusion that allows conference owners or people that are not people of color to really understand um, because it's right as layers to it. it. You know, you don't walk into this, knowing everything and people are going to make mistakes and you know, you have to show grace and understanding. Um, mm-hmm. And, their courses that they have are just, and I'll send you the link so you can put them in the description, Mm -hmm. but those courses are so good to help people just kind of get an understanding so that we can all do better.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So last couple questions, five years from now, where do you see yourself?
1: Woo. Five years from now, I plan to have my own community center. Mm Uh-huh in person like a place that kids can go to like after school and we can have workshops and things and meetups in a in a space that's truly ours
0: oh wow i can see it too yeah. i know jay will be there yeah with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i'm envisioning i'm envisioning a building
0: yeah Uh-huh. fantastic yeah. fantastic are you thinking about that do you want that to be in texas
1: um, I don't know yet. I don't know. I just know there's a building coming and I don't know how that building is going to come or what that building is going to look like, but I can tell you that on the inside of the building, uh, there's a studio, there's a library and it's a computer lab Mhm. Mhm. that I can tell you those three things. I, I can't tell you the location. God hasn't revealed that just yet, but I can tell you that that's what's there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, so last question. What legacy do you want to leave for the children? For your kids. All the hard work you're putting in right now, everything that you're doing right now, they're watching you and they're going to be mm-hmm. imitating you and they're going to be talking about you for years and years and years. <laughs> like what do you want what what is a legacy you want to leave for them?
1: Um I think as long for me is that um the legacy for the children is that they have they have enough strength -hmm. Um, to to be their own person,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, despite of what that looks like and approval from other people. And I think as long as they have that courage, and I think I've done well.
0: Yeah, job well done. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on Talk Diaries today. It really means the world to me and our listeners we're a brand new podcast and you once again like you always do take a chance on the underdog on the little guy <laughs> and you know you're, you're big time so you could have easily said oh, i no, am ty, not come on come on ty i am so not. No. i just i appreciate that but tell us where can the listeners find you
1: so the listeners can find me at tamaya colvin
0: awesome awesome yeah. All right, and then tell us before we hang up, what are the dates for the cookout and where can people buy tickets?
1: Yeah, so people can buy uh, cookies. People can buy tickets at thephotocookout.com October the 4th through the 7th, 2020 in Chattanooga, Tennessee.
0: All right, sounds good. Thank you so much again for your time and we will see you in Tennessee.
1: Yay, thank you, love you, bye.
0: Bye, love you. Okay, you guys, wasn't that an amazing interview with Dr. Tamaya Colvin? But I want to dig a little bit deeper and I want to talk a little bit more about my own experiences and things that I've learned personally and just taking this photography journey and starting to enter into a more educator, public speaking, um, being a part of platforms that are diversified and just what I'm learning from the process. So my experience at the cookout this year, this was my first time speaking at a little bit larger of a photography platform. There was a ton of vendors there. There was, um, I think, almost 225 photographers, maybe closer to 250 photographers. Um, I spoke on subject matters such as editing brown skin tones using Mastin film presets. I spoke about um, getting started in film photography. And I can just say that the experience at the photo cookout, it really did feel more like a family reunion. I got a chance to hug and kiss and just be in the presence of photographers that I've been talking to for years and years online. I've got a chance to watch their work and watch them grow and watch them blossom. I also got a chance to sit in the presence of photographers like Kesha Lambert. And, you know, uh, just it, it just was amazing. You guys, it was an amazing experience. I got a chance to be in New Orleans and get a chance to be around other like-minded photographers. And I will say there was a part of me that felt a little bit guilty, like, "Wow, like I, where have I been this whole time?" And all my friends are missing out at home. And I want everyone to experience this kind of fellowship and this kind of camaraderie. And when everybody just wants you to win. And I'm in an area where there's not a lot of African-American photographers. There's not a lot of black photographers. And when I decipher between those two things, you guys, I just want to be clear to the listeners who don't know why I reference both. African-American is for those people who were born in America and they are of African descent, but they would be African-American. Black may be somebody who's Haitian or Jamaican and Canadian, And they are of African descent, but they're not born in America or born and raised in America. So hopefully that helps to clarify why I sometimes will reference both, because I think it's important to understand that when we're talking about blacks in photography, I'm talking about all of us that have dark skin, that when we walk into a room, we don't look like a lot of the people that are there. So anyways, so my, my experience at the photo cookout, it felt like I was in the presence of family and you guys know how much I love my family and it felt like I had 150, you know, sisters and, you know, 75 to a hundred brothers and it was just a chance for me to see, um, photography, black excellence, if that makes any sense. And I am looking forward to speaking at the 2020 photo cookout and being a part of that experience as well. But I wanted to kind of focus on how do you as an entrepreneur, you know, expand your diversity and inclusion in your own personal companies, as well as your platforms. So maybe you're an educator that's listening to this, or you're wanting to start an education platform. And you don't want to come off like that person who is just selecting black people, black photographers, black educators to check a box. And I will say that the companies that are diverse are ahead of the game. They're ahead of the game because they have people in their company that are out there grinding it out, and they're coming from all these different amazing backgrounds and perspectives. And so it's not linear, but it's like a budding flower, you guys like all of these different ideas that are coming from different backgrounds and different voices. And so as a consumer, The consumers are going with your competitor. If you're not diverse and you're not being diversified, especially in the photography education platforms, you're missing out because I'm telling you, The black photographers are going to your websites and they're seeing who the speakers are and they may see one black person or no black people and they're clicking that X off and they're moving on to the next conference because they're wanting to be educated by a diversified voice. They don't only want to hear from one race of people. They don't only want to see white people on their platforms. And I want to speak about race in a very open way. You guys know I'm married to a Caucasian man. He's white. You know that my son is half black. And so when I'm saying these things, I'm not saying these things from someone who is going to sugarcoat it. I'm saying these things from somebody who's had to educate in my own family. And if I look at a education platform and I don't see anyone who looks like me, I'm going to move on. And I can say that for the community that I'm in of black and African-American photography artists, they feel the same. They are going to keep it moving. And if they don't feel like you take them seriously and their dollars seriously, they're going to keep it moving. So I hope that you guys are hearing me on that. I recently read an article um, from the Harvard Business School, and it was about six steps to building a better workplace for black employees. And the reason why I love this article was because they could have said being diversified for all employees. And that's kind of where the conversation has recently led. We have a lot of different minorities here in the United States. We have a lot of people from different sexual orientations. You have homosexual, you have, you know, um, transgender, you have black, and then you have Chinese. And then you have I mean, we, we can go on and on and on with all the different layers of diversity and inclusion. And this article talks about how although it's super important to talk about diversity, and a lot of the companies have started to have these amazing diversity and inclusion programs, they've gotten away from talking about race, and how important it is that we continue to talk about race and how we show up in the workplace. And for our workplace, it's the photography community. It's it's going to be the education platforms. And, you know, this Harvard study talked about how 30, 36% of the Blacks that were polled on this um, article, 36% of them said that they don't show up to work as their whole selves. They can't show their whole selves. And how sad it is it that you're only getting a part of somebody because they're too afraid if they're too black or they're too loud or too funny, or they wear too many African garbs that you're going to, uh, they may offend their coworkers or they may offend their managers or may hinder them from getting ahead. This article was in your face, you guys, and I'm going to make sure to include a link in the, in the show notes. But it talks about helping your white colleagues to have the conversation as well. And I am a part of the Tamiya Colvin Education um, private group. And there are some white people that are in that group. And sometimes we have these amazing conversations that we're basically sharing with each other and helping each other understand one another. And this article talks about the importance of companies setting up opportunities for like-minded and like-raced people to be able to exist together. One of them talked about setting up like a book club. You know that book club. They probably didn't even open that book. They got a chance to talk to each other for the first time after working all day and being together in a room. And they probably talked about everything under the sun but that book. I'm just saying that when you give uh, black people a chance to come together as a community, Um, Some great things can happen. The other thing it talked about was allowing some space for your black employees to be black, their food, their outfits, their backgrounds, what they can bring to the table in regards to their previous experiences, being open to hearing those things and talking about them and sharing about them and how that can make them a better employee for you Uh, it talked about the mini me complex. So when you're hiring somebody saying, Oh, that person really reminds me of me, I could see myself in them. That's dangerous. Because if you are a white woman or a white man, and you're hiring somebody because they remind you of themselves, more chances than not, You're actually missing the opportunity to talk to someone and hire somebody who's very different than you, who this opportunity could mean the world to them. It will be a chance to mentor somebody and grow someone and then also for you to be mentored and grown. So I really love that Harvard Business uh, Review and I'm going to actually attach it in the notes. But I hope that just hearing ways that you can be more inclusive and more diversified, helps you understand that, you know, it's not that you're racist, no one's calling you a racist, but walking around acting as though that there's nothing wrong, that there's not a problem, that race is not an issue anymore, we had a black president, it's just not good enough, you guys, it's just not going to cut it, so I hope that you have learned a little something, I hope that you will uh, open your mind to try new things. And I hope to see you at the cookout in 2020. So thanks again for Dr. Tamaya Colvin for being on the show. And I am so excited to talk to you in the next two weeks about imposter syndrome. You guys ready for that one? Have a great, great week. Have you been enjoying listening to the Talk Diaries? If so, please leave me a review and tell me how I'm doing. And I hope that you would subscribe and listen to upcoming episodes.